0: Welcome back to the Mothers with Fourth Degree Tears podcast, where you will hear firsthand stories from mothers who experienced fourth degree tears in childbirth and hear from the professionals who work with them. My name is Laura Fry, and I'm your host. I am the founder of the Fourth Degree Tear Support Group on Facebook and a patient advocate for women with severe tearing in childbirth. today we have another guest who's going to tell us about her story of a fourth degree tear Um, this is leanne from washington state and unfortunately leanne did not receive um, a very good repair after her tear and so it did break down and develop into a rectovaginal fistula Um, and her story again just highlights how significant these tears really are and how important it is to get a repair done right away um, by an experienced um, either OB or even someone like a urogynecologist or a colorectal surgeon. I I would love to see more of them doing these repairs. Um, So it just highlights that these are not just your average tears that you have in childbirth. These are significant injuries that can have some serious complications if they're not done well. So here is um, Leanne, she will Uh, She will have another surgery um, just later this week to repair that fistula, and so we hope to have her back maybe in a couple of months or whenever she feels up to it to tell us about um, how her surgery was and her recovery from that, Um, so we look forward to hearing from her again, but here is Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for being (laughs) on here and sharing your story with us. Um, And if you want to go ahead and get started, you can just tell us a little bit about your story. Okay,
1: so I think it really begins in 2018 when we decided that we were going to try to have kids and we got really lucky. We got pregnant right away Um, and I ended up miscarrying we had an ectopic pregnancy which was really scary Mm -hmm. um and thankfully we got it taken care of with a methotetrate methotectrate shot Mm -hmm. um I didn't have to have surgery or anything so uh, we waited a really long time to start trying again and when we did finally get pregnant in April oh wait this was in April 2018 our miscarriage was in 2017 um Mm -hmm it was just really scary. Like the whole pregnancy, I didn't really let myself get attached to it. And Mm -hmm. um, it was just really hard. It was really an anxious time in my life. So luckily the pregnancy was, you know, really straightforward. We had no complications or anything. Everything was great. And so we went into our birth thinking that nothing was going to happen, you know, this was going to be great. Maybe I'd tear a little bit. I don't think anything was going to happen. I was low risk. Um, So that was how that went. And um, we went in, my labor ended up being about almost 48 hours. Wow. Yeah. And I went into labor on a Sunday afternoon at like 4 p.m., um, the next day, I was still at home laboring. We had a doula. We called her, and she came over and just kind of labored with us. Um, and about maybe like 2 p.m. that Monday, we went into the hospital because I was just feeling like things were really escalating. And they sent us back home because I was only dilated about two centimeters. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then about 8 o'clock that night on Monday, we went back in. I was having really, really bad um, back labor, mm. and when we got there, I was about four centimeters dilated, and they got me admitted, and I got an epidural, and I was really gung-ho about, you know, I didn't want an epidural. I I was open to possibilities to whatever happened, but right. I really wanted to try not to have epidural, and yeah. it was just, the back pain was so awful.
0: Yeah, um, back labor is no joke. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that was one of my things was if I have back labor or my labor has been going on a really long time, I was going to get an epidural. So at that point I was, I was okay with it. Yeah. Um, and that was eight o'clock Monday night and um, I got the epidural and I was able to sleep and get rest. Cause I hadn't had any sleep in the, like over 24 hours. And that morning, probably about like 6am on Tuesday morning, On January 8th, um, I got checked and I was six centimeters dilated and they broke my water to get things started and gave me some Pitocin because my contractions had kind of started um, not being super strong. Mm -hmm. And I labored for about another six hours. So noon is when I was finally ready to start pushing. And I pushed for about three and a half hours. He was born around 315. Mm -hmm. And they let me go for so long because nothing seemed wrong. Right. Um, like I was fine. Baby was fine. He wasn't showing any signs of distress and everything just seemed pretty normal. Right. Um, he ended up being sunny side up. He was nine pounds. Um, and I pushed for so long. I was on my back. And um, as soon as he came out, even though I had an epidural, I just felt this huge, just like, I don't even know, sense of like relief. Like I could basically feel myself like ripping, like something was happening. Um, and he came out and he put me on my chest or they put him on my chest. And um, all I heard was fourth degree mm-hmm. and I wasn't really, you know, processing everything. I'd been up for almost 48 hours. I just had this baby and- um, my doula was there holding my hand. My husband was there. Like, you know, we were just all encompassed in our new baby. And right.
0: did you even know, like, or understand what a fourth degree tear was at that point?
1: So not really. I, I knew it was the worst type of tear. Mm-hmm. And we took a birthing class at our hospital. And when we were talking about tearing, our nurse who was, uh, you know, teaching us these classes She had talked about first and second degree tears in depth. And then she said, we're not going to talk about third or fourth degree tears because they're so rare. They're not (laughs) going to happen. So that's why we were like, oh, we'll be fine. Like, we're not going to tear. Like, this is going to be great. And um, we live in a very rural area. And my OB that i had been seeing for the last five years, uh, she left. She got a new job um, at a bigger city in the state. And she, her last day on call, uh, at the birthing center was the day before I went into labor. Wow! So I ended up, my OB was a family doctor, um, who had just got a job here and he was filling in, um, as an on-call OB to kind of like make up for that. Um, you know, they only have like two or three OBs here. So they were short staffed. So mm-hmm. I had him. It was his first birth at the hospital. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, when he said, you know, it's a fourth degree tear and my doula, I asked her, like, did I tear badly? And she, you know, looked at me and nodded mm-hmm. and it took about an hour and a half to sew me up. Did, I'm gonna guess. did he do your repair? Yes, he did my repair.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, that's where the problem begins too. Right. Um, And so he sewed me up and our nurse was super fantastic. And she had told me that it was one of the best repairs that she'd ever seen in the hospital. Hmm. Um, So I take that with a grain of salt now. Hmm. Um, And so I felt okay about it. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know what a fourth degree tear entailed. I didn't know that you know, you could have complications after this. I just thought that it was a bad tear. They sit you up and you were fine. Cool. Um, And so the next day I was pretty sore, but I was still like getting up and moving and they didn't tell me at all to, you know, take it easy. You should be resting. Don't be getting up a lot. Um, And our son ended up with a staph infection. He got an infection in his bloodstream and he was in, the nursery on IV antibiotics. So of course I was going to be up and around, um, you know, leaving my room, going down there to sit with him, just being with him. And I wasn't offered a wheelchair or anything. I was shuffling back and forth from my room and um, my OB came in and checked on us every day. And he was really surprised that I was up and walking around and I wasn't, you know, in that much pain. And I think in hindsight, I probably wasn't a lot of pain, but my mind was elsewhere. Right. Um, and they were giving me Percocet
0: and just trying to help. Yeah. And, and some other people have noticed also that they, I mean, some people obviously are in like excruciating pain from it, but yeah. some people also find that they actually don't have a lot of pain from it. Um, and my theory is that you know, whenever you have that much tearing in those tissues, you're also tearing through nerves. Um, mm-hmm. So you could, you know, possibly just not be feeling all of that, you know, damage down
1: there. So yeah,
0: that's exactly. another
1: possibility. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that I was up and walking around way too much. And yeah. about two or three days postpartum, um, I was noticing that there was like some gas that felt like it was coming out of my vagina and I I didn't even think about it. And I was just like, Oh, that's, that's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. Um, and then that night I decided to look up, I was Googling fourth degree tears, Mm -hmm. which was awful. (laughs) Um, and I was reading about, you know, these, these fistulas that happen and how people will feel gas coming out of their vagina. And that just, It was like huge red flag. I could not sleep at all that night. I talked to a nurse that was on call that night and she checked me out and um, she said she couldn't, you know, she couldn't see any fecal matter coming out or anything and that she would call the doctor and he would come in in the morning and check me out. Mm -hmm. And so he came in and I was telling him what was happening, what I was feeling. And he was telling me that it's probably just because you're only like four days postpartum. Things are still not, you know, like all together all the way and it'll probably fix itself and it won't be a problem. Mm -hmm. And long as I'm not having any fecal matter coming through, it should be fine. So I thought, okay, great. I'll just make sure that I keep an eye on this. And then later that day, I started noticing fecal matter coming through my vagina. Um, And we had a doctor come back in and then we had the two other senior OBs come in to look at me. So I had four men looking at my Mm -hmm. vagina that was, you know, freshly stitched. It was just really awful. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of them was just not very gentle with me and it just, it hurt so badly. And they were telling me that, yes, you have a fistula. We probably should, you know, they were talking about taking me into surgery and fixing it. Um, but the OB who delivered was really great. And he was saying that, you know, no, I don't think we should do that here. I think she should get over to Seattle, Washington, to see a specialist. Um, And uh, he was really apologetic about it. And he said that he probably, you know, now he knows that he should have called in one of the senior OBs Mm -hmm. to look at it once he realized it was a four degree tear.
0: Um,
1: But even then I'm in. I probably should have been transferred to a bigger hospital. Yeah. Um, and so about a week postpartum, I got over to see a urogynecologist at the University of Washington, who's absolutely fantastic. And she looked at me and uh, she said that it was definitely possible to repair. And she got me a appointment she scheduled an appointment for surgery the same day or the same day we scheduled an appointment for surgery three months out. Let me rephrase that. Okay. Um, Just to kind of help me with that mental aspect of it Mm -hmm. um, because I was just so distraught and I didn't know what to do. And the OBs were telling me that we were going to have to wait three months. And I just, I couldn't understand. I wasn't processing it in my head. I'm like, why do we have to wait three months? This is a huge problem. This is not normal. And right. she took the time to explain to me why you wait yeah. um, three months to let all the tissue heal. So, and now that surgery is, it was supposed to be in April. And now it's coming up this Thursday on the twenty third, so mm-hmm. I'm very excited for all this to be in the yeah, past. Yeah, you're so yeah, close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's really just that's the basic of my story. And yeah. yes, mm-hmm. so you've been having to deal with a lot the last
0: three or four months. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you feel comfortable talking about some of the? you know, the physical aspects of the things that you've been dealing with. Yeah. We can talk about
1: that. Mm -hmm. Um, so my fistula was, it was fairly big. Um, when I first saw the urogynecologist one week postpartum, um, and now it's, it's fairly small. She's really surprised at how small it is, but I'm still having, you know, um, stool leakage. I'm still having gas coming through my vagina. Um, another really fun complication that I ended up with was I was on antibiotics for three weeks to make sure that my stitches weren't going to be infected Right. Um, because about two weeks at postpartum I was having a lot of pain and the stitches were looking a little red and I ended up getting C. diff mm. which is just awful um, right. you just get the worst diarrhea ever and, um, really bad stomach cramping. And so, you know, having that with a fistula was like the worst thing ever and trying Mm -hmm. to take care of this newborn that I have. And Mm -hmm. now I'm back on antibiotics to try to get the C-diff to go away and it's just never ending and C-diff is so difficult to treat. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now that that's kind of been addressed, it's been a little bit better, but I can't, I haven't been able to get back into, um, like physical activities. I haven't been able to get back into my workout routine because if I'm standing for even more than an hour, um, I'll start having some fecal matter leak for my vagina or just in general, because my incontinence is so awful right now. Yeah. Um, I've had to cut back at work and went back to work part time. And I'm only in the office two days a week. And then the rest is from home, which is really great. Um, and they're super understanding. And so it's definitely been, you know, really difficult, um, physically, just even going grocery shopping is hard sometimes. And yeah, it's, it's rough.
0: Have you told your, um, your employer about
1: what happened? Do they, do they know? Yes, they know, um, I work with mostly women who Ooh. all have children. So <laughs> I felt very comfortable telling them that. Yeah. That's yeah. great.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Cause I know, I mean, some people, depending on what they do for work, they might not feel mm-hmm. comfortable sharing that. And so that's yeah. good that they, they know and they're working with you.
1: Yeah. And I work oh. in public health, so oh, good. <laughs> I think yeah. that helps too.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. But good. Yeah. And how, um, and you said it, it's a son right you had a boy yes yeah and how has he been these last few months oh he's
1: he's been great he had his you know seven day antibiotic iv antibiotic in the hospital and he's been he's been fine since he's so happy and yeah so (laughs) good he has been very easy to take care of it seems like so I'm thankful for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Was your husband able to take off um, work or did you have any help like at home those first couple of
1: weeks? Yeah. So he originally, he's a teacher. He took off two weeks originally and then he took off an additional week um, since we were in the hospital for so long. Mm -hmm. And um, our parents are both here where we live. So they helped a little bit and then... It was mostly just, yeah, my mom. My mom came over a lot. We have a lot of friends here. They came over and helped. Um, and now he is, he took the rest of the year off. Um, oh, wow. He had enough sick leave, and then we got some shared leave for him. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. Um, just, yeah.
0: It's, and, yeah. It's yeah. Been great. <laughs> Good. And I'm sure with your upcoming surgery in a few days that... That will be another time of need of help yes, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's been really nice to have them home. And our parents are just, they'd drop anything to come help us out if we need. So we yeah,
0: have a awesome. really great
1: support system.
0: Yeah. Do you um, do you know exactly what they plan to do in the surgery? Like, is it, I hate to say just a fistulary bear, because <laughs> I, <know, laughs> I know that's not just <laughs> Um, but are they going to do anything like with your sphincters
1: or anything like that? Yes. They're going to do the sphincteroplasty, um, mm-hmm. and the fistula repair.
0: Okay. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you said it's a urogynecologist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And do you want to talk about like the emotional aspect of things? (laughs) Yes. Oh my
1: goodness. Um, so it was, it was really rough. It still is really rough. Um, Mm -hmm. I've definitely been going to therapy because it was just so, I mean, I couldn't believe that this happened to me and that I was dealing with this and it was just, it felt like I was going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a friend who lives here who delivered in the same hospital, and she got a fourth degree tear last year mm-hmm. um, and the OB that I was seeing, who left and got a new job, she stitched her up, and you know, she didn't really have any complications from it, but um she still definitely has a lot of pain and so I reached out to her Mm -hmm. and just to talk to her about it and just see you know what her recovery was like and what she did and just you know try to like find someone who's been through the same thing because I don't think there was no one that I knew who had gone through something like this and people just didn't seem to understand like everyone tears you're fine right um and so that was really really hard. And, and then I found the Facebook group, and that helped me a lot. Just being able to see other women yeah. um, who have gone through this or who are going through this, and just being able to lean on them and ask questions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, How far postpartum that... were you whenever you found the group?
0: Oh, if gosh. you remember,
1: <laughs> maybe a month. Okay. I'm not entirely sure, yeah. um, but it was a little. It was a little while after. I gave birth. Um, and then of course, you know, getting C diff on top of that, it just completely made it 10 times worse. Like I don't think if I didn't have my son, I honestly like, don't think I would have been okay. Um, it was, yeah, I was really struggling and that's when I decided to, um, start going to therapy because this was just, I was really depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just, yeah, like I didn't want to do anything. I was having a hard time taking care of my son and just talking to my husband. And I basically just laid in bed and didn't want to live like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so therapy has really helped. Um, Just talking to the specialist more and getting that surgery on the books. And, um, trying to treat the C-diff and just managing symptoms as much as I can and it's been helpful but it's been probably the hardest thing I've had to deal with in my life yeah I'm sure
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and I mean everyone imagines you know childbirth and having a baby is like the most awesome time of your life. And it's all everything is yeah. happy. And you know, you just mm-hmm. are at home taking care of this cute baby who just sleeps all the time. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. <laughs> kind of this picture that we're given. Because, um, you know, not everyone is as maybe honest about what it's really like. Um, yeah, for the average person. But then you add on top of that, you know, a significant injury that you're going mm-hmm. through. And Especially when you have things like fecal incontinence, you know, people, it's, we just think of it as, um, you know, it's like, it makes you feel gross
1: and. Yeah. Yeah. So And I was just, I had some other friends who had babies right around the same time as me and one of them had a C-section and she was, you know, she was fine two weeks postpartum. She was up walking around and I was still just in pain, laying in bed, dealing with incontinence and, um, all these other friends and women that I know are posting all these great pictures on Instagram. And I just, it made me feel just awful about myself. Um, so that Mm -hmm. was really hard to realize that that probably wasn't the real picture that they were, you know, showing the world. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So how long now have you been, been going to therapy? um probably two months okay so have you noticed um that it's helped a lot
1: yes it's yeah it's helped um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a slow process but yeah it's definitely I mean kind of made me understand where I'm coming from and that this is just it's not my fault because mm-hmm. I have a lot of self-blame
0: mm-hmm. um
1: like maybe if no, maybe I should have listened to my doula to try a different laboring position to get him to have flipped to the right position, or maybe I should have labored in a different position and like birthed him in a different way, or maybe I should have pushed for a c section more um, so that's been basically what I've been talking about a lot yeah. in therapy, so just so many what ifs, yeah. yeah, yeah, and just feeling like you know, looking in hindsight, yeah, that maybe I should have done more and had more control, but how are you supposed to do that when, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was just right. so out of it. and Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you just
0: don't expect that this is something that's going to happen to you, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's definitely something that I've struggled with also, or all of the what ifs. And I think that's something that many of us deal with too, so yeah. You're definitely not alone in that. <laughs> yeah. It's just sad how many of us go through this. And like you said, we're told beforehand that it's so rare. And uh, I strongly believe that it's a lot more common than we think.
1: I Yeah, I think so too. One of, um, we go to the local pediatrician and one of the pediatricians that we saw about one month, postpartum for my son's just one month checkup um she actually had a fourth degree tear so that was really I cried when she told me <laughs> this and she was just like consoling me and yeah um you know telling me that things were gonna get better and I mean the more open I'm about it the more people right you know, come forward and like oh I had a fourth degree tear too and I know it's a, it's
0: a lot of people it is so. I mean the amount of people who I know You know, now, like you said, now that I am open about it and I talk about it um, and the amount of people who I know personally and not just meeting like through the group or something, like people who I actually know in my life, like it's impossible (laughs) that it's rare, you know, Uh there's no way I just happen to know this many people who have them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, at work, there's two or three people who had third degree tears, which are you know awful too and yeah it's just yeah there's a lot of people
0: yeah and so with that said thank you for you know for sharing your story and talking about it because we know that there's going to be so many people who can relate to it who have gone through it themselves who probably don't feel comfortable talking about it so yeah. yeah yeah and it definitely helps emotionally to not know that you're To know that you're not alone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it helps, too. I mean, I had a really hard time with it because I felt like it it almost, like, defined me as a mom, Mm -hmm. like, as Mm -hmm. a woman, um, and, you know, just trying to, this is something we were talking about in therapy, too, just, you know, that doesn't make you who you are, and um, that's not how it's going to be for the rest of your life, and you can get through this, and so that's been really helpful too just to kind of keep reminding myself that mm-hmm.
0: so yeah all right well is there anything <laughs> else that you want to mention or say
1: i don't think so my my story seems pretty short compared to <laughs> mm-hmm. <some> others so. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: well we're going to have a part 2 so that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're still kind of early that. on in your story True. so that's why yeah 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 so All right. Well, thank you so much.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And
0: I can't wait to hear how it goes Thursday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep us updated in the group. I definitely will. Okay. So, okay. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mothers with Fourth Degree Tears podcast. If you have any comments or questions or if you would be interested in being a guest on our show, please email me at motherswithfourthdegreetears@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and hope to talk to you again soon.